What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Normal Guy, Lazy Eye Podcast, presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with individuals who have incredible stories and come from all different backgrounds. Guys, I just wanted to address something really quickly. I know uh, episodes have been a bit sporadic the past few weeks, and all I want to say to that is... You know, sometimes life throws some pretty big curveballs in your way and you start to realize that you have a lot of eggs in a lot of baskets. Sometimes you have to prioritize certain baskets. So we did have to take a couple breaks here and there. I do promise that we are back in full swing, barring anything crazy. Still going to be posting episodes every single Wednesday. And today we have an incredible guest on today's show, Mrs. Space Cadet, who is an incredible content creator avid runner, leader of the struggle runners, as many of her followers say, is on today's show. And as many of you know, and we'll bring it up plenty of times here in the interview, if you've been following me personally, you know that I have a marathon coming up on October 31st at the Cape Cod Marathon down in Falmouth, Massachusetts. And so today we got some insight from someone who has been doing this for quite some time. She is an incredible individual Aaron, I thank you so much for coming on this show and sharing your story. I, I just want to jump right into it. I, I hope you guys enjoy this, and we're very excited to have her on. So without further ado, please enjoy the one and only Mrs. Space Cadet. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. On today's episode, we have an incredible guest, Erin Azer, or as her 680,000 plus social media followers know her as Mrs. Space Cadet is here. Mrs. Space Cadet is a TikTok runner who had picked up her phone one day in August of 2019 and said, screw it, I'm going for a run. Since then, she has documented her progress and struggle runs all over social media. This mother of three who had barely run a mile when she signed up for the Philadelphia Marathon is now a marathon finisher. She inspires thousands of beginner runners every single day, including myself, and she's here to share more of that story. Mrs. Space Cadet, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, this is like, when I, when I set this interview up, I was like, this one is going to be one of my favorites of the year because as many of my followers know, I myself am a beginner runner, ex division one swimmer turned runner. And like, I feel like we're about to have a very fun conversation from just two people that decided, you know what, we're going to start running. And I, and I love that. And this is, this is so exciting for me. Yay. <laughs> um, so I, before we get into everything, um, I just wanted to kind of start off, uh, you know, how you, you're, you're training now for the 18 miler, the LBI 18 miler. How is that going? I know that's coming up in a few weeks now. How are you feeling about that? And, and how has that progress been going? It's, it's going, um, I'm, I'm, I am getting a little worried because, uh, they only give you three hours and 45 minutes to finish. It's mm -hmm. a very small race. So I'm assuming there's not, you know, a lot of volunteers that want to hang around for like five hours. Fair. Um, <laughs> so I'm having to take about a minute off of my long run pace. Right. So usually it's around 13 and a half minutes per mile. And the absolute slowest I can go to finish on time is 12 and a half minutes per mile. So we're getting down to the wire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so how has that transition been? Cause like, and we'll get into this too, just like on longer runs, you know, at least from my experience, you kind of just feel like it's more for the distance, right? Like it's mm -hmm. more just like, get it done. If you're training for a marathon, like get to that 20 before whatever it is, but now right. you're, you're starting to put in a bunch of speed work to get to that, you know, shave that minute off of your pace. Like is yeah. it, is it something like this is, this is totally different than what you're used to. Right. Right. Usually I'm just in it, you know, for survival and just to <laughs> run as far as I can and be proud of myself and be like, Whoa, I made, I ran 26.2 miles. Right. I don't care how long it took me, but I did it. Um, yeah. So this is different and it's not even like, Oh, I want to get faster. Cause I want to beat, 
you know, so many people it's, I want to get faster so I can cross the finish line of my first in-person race before they take down the actual finish line. (laughs) That's where we're at. That's that I haven't ever experienced anything like that, where they would take down the finish line. If you're still, and like my dad told me this story one time of he he did the, he did his first ever triathlon in Boulder, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I, I mean, I was happy that I finished, but I'll never forget when I was running in the last portion of the race, there was a, like a cop escort behind me. There was like five or six cop cars, like tailing me. And yeah. I, and he goes, and I turned around and was like, what is this? What are you guys doing? He goes, you're the last one, man. We're just following you in. Like, you, you know, we got to open yeah. up the, the road soon. He's like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm still going to finish this. But he was like, that was a, uh, that was an eye-opening experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that I will have a similar one, but yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people experience it, but, um, I would like to get in there, not rushed by police cars. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got this. I I watched your your mile progression time going from your 13 minute to like now you're like what 920 something, right? Yeah. So if I run just a mile, I can I think it was like 926 or yeah. something is my fastest. So yeah, that's a lot of progress for sure since right. I started. Right. Yeah. So the progress is there. Now we just got to do that for 18 more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. So I I wanted to start at the beginning of your running journey. And in turn, kind of your content creation journey. But back in August of 2019, when you woke up one morning and said, like, something needs to change and I'm going to go run a mile. What was like, what was the buildup to that? How did you get to that day? And then in turn, turning that into a, I'm going to run a mile a day for 30 days. Like, how did you like, what was that kind of like step-by-step process into how that all turned out? Yeah. I, well, I think it was, I was absent of a a process (laughs) to be honest. I was, I was in a real weird mental state. Um, like postpartum is if, if any moms are listening and, you know, remember that time, or maybe recently they're, they're in that time, your brain is not functioning normal. You're, you're not sleeping. Um, your hormones are all over the place. You have this new tiny human to take care of. It's, it's a lot. Um, physically the toll that it takes on your body, like you don't even, um, feel, you don't even know what you can do anymore. Like, could I walk up that hill without having to sit down? I don't even know. Cause it's been so long right, right. <laughs> since you can do anything. And, um, so I was just really tired, you know, depressed feeling and, um, not feeling like myself. And I think it just snapped. So there was nothing that led up to it. Like, oh, I'm going to get new running shoes and make sure I have some clothes to wear. And then on this day, I'm going to go try and run half a mile. It was just like, I am out of here. Somebody watch the kids. My sneakers had holes in them. Um, I was wearing like a nursing bra. I didn't even have a sports bra. I I mean, it was a disaster. Um, Yeah. So, but I I went out, I did Mm. it and I felt a little bit of relief, just like exerting that energy And that's when I decided like, I have to keep this going. And the only way that I knew myself at the time to stick with something is if I say I'm doing this for 30 days, Yeah, I'll usually keep up with it. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point because I was, I I mean, I was not in a very similar situation. I I have not had postpartum, but (laughs) you know, I, I was, it was for me, it was the pandemic. And I know that's a, Mm -hmm. a pretty common story for a lot of people, but I, you know, coming off of, of a career in swimming and obviously n- there were no pools open and I just yeah. was not exercising. I didn't want to exercise to be fair. Yeah. Like, I was so over it, but then there, there just came a point where I was so cooped up in my apartment and my apartment is not that big, you know, mm-hmm. in Boston, your apartments are only about the size of, you know, a shoebox. but right. Or just like get out of the house or the apartment that you, at least you can, right. Like we couldn't go to a gym. We couldn't do that, but at least you could go out for a run. And mm-hmm. I love that you said like, I stuck to the 30 day plan. Cause for me, it was like, okay, like three miles, like Wednesday, Thursday, and then like Friday, five miles or something like that. And mm-hmm. then there was one Saturday that I was like, yeah, I could do seven. And I, that was the worst mistake ever. Oh, I like no. came back with like the worst shin splints ever. And I was just like, yeah, probably need to like figure out a more of a, like a, uh, like a tactical kind of way to do this, not just like right. go out and run seven miles. But I think kind of going to your point of like 
sticking to a plan, at least a goal or like something, right? That's kind mm-hmm. of the big goal driver for doing something like, you know, whether it is turning, you know, that depression state around or just even like turning a bad week into a good one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a lead up though to yours or did you snap as well? Because you said it was, you know, during the pandemic where you, did you have like a plan, like I'm going to start running or did you just like snap and go out? I just, no, I live like when you were like, I had old running shoes. I wasn't, I wasn't dressed accordingly. Like I just threw on my old swimming, sh- like workout shirts. I threw on yeah. a pair of shorts and I was like, screw this after work, I'm going for a run. Yeah. And I didn't, I like, I lived in Woburn, Massachusetts and I'm originally from California. So like, this is all new to me. Like, I don't know. I didn't know know the area. I was like, okay, like I'm just going to go out and back and figure out my way home. And then like the the, the cool thing about that was like, as you get better and I'm sure you kind of felt the same way, like as you can go farther, you started finding new routes and finding new ways. And like, and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like, Oh, I haven't been here before. Like those types of things. But to answer your question, yeah. Like I was just like, I'm going to go for a run. And yeah. then I was like, okay, these are not right running shoes. Like these are just, <laughs> right. like, these are just like, I mean, I might as well have just ran in Converse, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or barefoot. Yeah. That probably would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> but so you'd been, you'd been uh, posting like content on YouTube in the past. Like this, like, mm-hmm. like when I talk about your content creation story, this isn't very new. You're not like, you know, having done this for, you know, a couple years now, but mm-hmm. when did like, the running kind of like, did you start to see that sort of uptick when you started posting more content specifically for running on YouTube that like, oh, this is starting to gain a little bit more traction than maybe the the, the other content that I was posting prior? I didn't see an uptick really on YouTube at that time, just from changing, um, you know, having like a niche, I guess you could say. Yeah. I did that. The YouTube with the running was more accountability to me. So Mm. I already had, you know, some followers on there. And when I started that, they were like, Hey, we're here for this too. Like they, they didn't, what was cool is they didn't really care what I was posting. They just liked, you know, maybe the style of my videos or my personality or something. And just the fact that I was kind of like taking them along. Um, so I used that as accountability. I think one of my video, one of my running videos, um, maybe the end of 30 days where I kind of showed, um, a before and after, because so many people were like, are you losing weight? All right. What's, you know, um, do you see any differences? So I felt like that was kind of important to pose, to answer those questions. That one did gain traction. I'm not sure how much it has now, but I mean, to me at the time, 10,000 videos or sorry, 10,000 views on a video was really good. Right. Um, so that's the one that I saw the uptick on, but it didn't really bring in you know, new subscribers or anything. Well, the thing I love about, cause you, you'd mentioned a little bit about the, the progress video, you, mm-hmm. you know, you've come out on your content and said like, look, I don't measure progress by before and after photos by, mm-hmm. I mean like, yeah, maybe now your pace work just because you want to finish this 18 mile yeah. or a certain, <laughs> but what I loved, it was like, for me, you know, this being you, like for me, it's like the, the positivity that I'm feeling the, the like more happiness that I'm feeling after doing this type of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about like how, and especially with social media, like people think that progress has to be weight loss, you know, another two pack on the abs instead of, you know, you know what I mean? Like where, yeah. like where we can't just think of progress, like, Hey, I'm a happier person than I was when I started this whole thing. Yes. I, I actually started, uh, the reason I started posting it on TikTok, especially is because I heard that on TikTok, the organic growth was, you know, could be explosive. So I'm like, okay, well, if I post this on there, I could, my, my literal goal was to find a friend Mm -hmm. that, um, ran like me and looked like me. And I'm like, maybe we could exchange information and we could talk about our runs. Right. Um, I didn't realize that a million people would, you know, see that first running video. Yeah. So that to me was huge. And I, from the get-go of, of posting those videos, I knew that I wanted to just be authentic in why I run, because if I'm showing what people want to see, which is before and after photos, unfortunately, right. um, I know that could get a ton of views and a ton of followers, but I also feel like we're moving beyond that. I mean, I, I hope so. I do feel like we are moving beyond that. And there's a lot of people that 
want to be a runner and, and just feel good. They want to feel yeah. good mentally and physically. And I feel like that's just important to stay authentic to that because that's why I run. Um, so I feel like if people started following me at that point that I started and still follow me now, it's apparent, like I am way more confident, way happier, um, just loving life a lot more instead of that first, you know, run that I did, I was really down on myself. I was kind of more quiet and mm -hmm. just, I don't know when I look back on that video, I hate watching videos of myself. I haven't <laughs> even watched my YouTube videos, but the one that the first one that went viral, I watched the other day and I'm mm -hmm. like, geez, I was really, it was like dreadful. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I still show that side, but it's more upbeat. I'm, I'm just, you can just tell a little difference in my personality. I feel like. Totally. Um, I, I mean, I've seen it for sure. Right. Like yeah. even, even if it's as simple as like, you know, brighter colors in the clothing, like, and like, yeah. like it's, it's silly stuff like that, that like maybe the, the casual follower that, or casual viewer that finds you on the for you page is like, Oh, here's another, like, you know, here's another TikToker runner type oh. of deal. But now yeah. it's more like, okay, here's, you know, if you've been watching from the beginning, like here's this mother of three, that's now been like, you know what, this is, this is, this is me. And I'm, and I'm training for this marathon that I signed up after barely being able to run a mile. And here we are today. So for yeah. me, it's, it's, it's really cool to see and kind of going off that, right. Like when you talk about TikTok, right. Was mm -hmm. there ever an initial like hesitation? I mean, you, like I said, and like you had mentioned there, you've been posting content before this isn't new to you, but at least for me, when I first downloaded TikTok, I was like, oh, is this just like a, a dancing app? Or like, do you have right. to be a really good dancer to do this? Or like, then it was March of 2020. It was like, oh, this is just everyone cooped up in their apartments and, and their houses, like doing videos with their families. Like, did you think like, is this going to actually get traction with my running types of videos? I mean, obviously the answer speaks for itself today, but like, <laughs> yeah. was there any sort of like fear a little bit in that first initial post or, or anything like that? Uh, no, just because I didn't have a goal for social media. I was just posting on there, um, hoping to find some mom friends that run and hopefully slow running mom friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I, I didn't go into it like, oh, I want a million followers by next year. Um, if I went into it with that, I would be terrified to post right. that first right. one because I'd, I'd put all that pressure on me. I'd, I'd be like, this is the first impression people are going to get. I, yeah, I would have been, I think my content would have been different too, maybe. Mm. Um, although I don't really have humility. So my husband always tells me, <laughs> reminds me of that. So maybe it would have been the same. I don't know, but I did go into it with a much different mindset than I think a lot of people do posting on social media. Totally. And yeah. something that I think is unique to you, right? Like, um, when, when someone says running TikTok, right. You can mm -hmm. think of like someone who's pushing the six thirty pace in this like beautiful New York city scenery. Like, yeah. Then they come back to their like 10,000 square foot penthouse and they're like, Oh, let me just, <laughs> you know what I mean? But so, yeah. and, and the one thing that I just absolutely love about yours is your running outfit of the day pose. Like yeah. where, where did that idea come from of just being like, I don't care. Like, I don't need to do the running outfit of the day poses and the, Hey, like this is me pushing 650 pace. Like what was, was it just going back to your authenticity or like, I guess the real question is how did you come up with that running outfit of the day pose? The, the, yeah, the pose specifically that actually happened because when people started following me on TikTok, they also started following me on Instagram, not as yeah. many, but there were right. some, yeah, they crossed so I over. thought, okay, I need to I guess, take pictures of myself, which I never, <laughs> I mean, at this point I had three kids. You, you have, I have my whole camera roll is filled with pictures of my kids, not myself. So I was really uncomfortable taking right. a picture of myself. Um, and I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to pose. Where do I put my hands? Do I smile? Do I look yeah. away from the camera? And so I got so overwhelmed with it that I just went the complete opposite of an Instagram model. And I just stood like that because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. 
and it's stuck like you you now have like this a fan base of people that do the running outfit of the day pose when they're just yes. on their runs and I love that it's amazing I love it too like it I I share some of them on my Instagram stories because they'll tag me in theirs and I see these poses I'm like oh my god I have to share it yeah. you know what I mean it's, yeah it's so fun I love that. And and so like, <laughs> so one thing about your running too, you, you've kind of like stayed in your, your neighborhood. It looks like from the TikToks and stuff. Do you ever get bored with that running route? I know, I know there's like specific pieces of that route that are so specific for your content, whether yeah. it's tree tunnel vibes or your cheering section or the hens that those crack me up. That's my, yeah. Favorite. But like, have you been able to like, I, have you been able to explore new areas now and, and kind of see new, new places to run? Like, do you have a favorite spot to run or is it always your hometown? It's usually here. I haven't traveled to run. Yeah. Um, I do run uh, along Beach Island, New Jersey, where we, we go a lot in the summer, but that kills me because it's, there's no shade. I sweat yeah. so much. And so the runs, even though it's flat there, it ends up being harder for me. Um, so I wouldn't say that's my favorite place, but I do get to see more um, people there that recognize me, which okay. is really fun because then I get a little break in my run to say hi to people. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the neighbors now are just like, so used to seeing you go. They don't even stop to say hi. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The neighbors probably for a while were really confused. Like why I was setting up, you know, my, my phone on the back of Dan's truck and posing like I do and then just like taking my phone and going for a run you know it probably looked crazy but and now they're like it's just another Wednesday (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah it's usually around here just because time constraints like it's already hard to find the time to run especially if it's a longer run so I don't want to waste time driving somewhere, even mm. though I do think it would be, you know, more enjoyable or to switch things up. But I just haven't gotten around to doing that lately. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Just finding the time to run, right? Like yeah. I, mother of three kids. I don't know how you do it because just I mean, I'm 24. I have a full time <laughs> job, but I mean, there's no excuse for me. Right. I'm not I'm you know, no one's dependent on me. <laughs> so I. Right. Right. The, but even that, like the even just the three hours on a Saturday or a Sunday for your Mm -hmm. long runs is just, is very difficult. Then you, you know, you kind of uh, factor in like the seven, eight miles that it easily takes an hour. It's, I mean, nowadays I'm just doing it on a treadmill. And like, I, I, people tell me that I'm an absolute psychopath to run seven or eight miles on a treadmill, but you have to remember, I swam for, uh, for, you know, 10 plus years. I stared at a black line my entire career running on a treadmill is basically the same thing. Oh yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but like, how have you been able to find that time and like, you know, kind of, uh, balance, you know, taking care of three kids, family life, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Is it, is it more just like, I need to do this for me. So I got to find the time or is it like, you know, something other than that? Yeah. At that, at that, like breaking point that I had, I, uh, once I, you know, ran and I got, I did feel a little bit of relief. I came back and I told Dan right away, like, Hey, we need to have a game plan here because, and I don't know why it didn't hit me in, you know, the previous five or six years of having kids that I put myself last. I didn't realize that at all. Like mm. it's, it's astonishing to me um, to look back on that, but I just didn't realize it. So I said, you know, we have to have a game plan. Like, okay, when you get home from work on this, this, this day, I'll run or, you know, something like that. Um, so I, the first thing was to get him on board with, you know, <laughs> having me start something, yeah, I ha- I had to sure. do something. Um, and of course he was like, jumped on that. He's like, all right, let's plan this. Um, and that, then the thing comes with, you know, mom guilt. Cause you're leaving the three kids to go do something, even if it's for a little bit right. at that time. Also, I still had my job. Um, I was working from home, but it was a lot of hours and stress. And, um, but I think the running helped that because Mm. when I was having those moments of being overwhelmed, I would be like, okay, well, it's like an hour until I'm going to get out for my run. Um, so yeah, I think it was just the importance, like seeing how positive the benefits were and just having to make that time. 
Definitely. And I think you bring up a good point about a support system when you're, mm-hmm. when you're training for something like, like a marathon, right? This is not yeah. a marathon is not something you can just pick up and do. Maybe it is. And, and we haven't, we haven't found that out yet, but at right. least from my experiences, it's not something that you can pick up and do. Like I, I remember like when I signed up for the Cape Cod marathon, I, I asked my girlfriend, I was like, is like, can this be something that we can do? You know, whether it's just you being like you being there to support me and not mm-hmm. saying that she's not, but it is, it takes a lot you know, yeah. of, of free time out of your day. And like yeah. a lot of the free time that I'd been using was to spend time with her. And now it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, like I need to spend these three hours to train for this marathon on a Saturday. So like, yeah. is that, is that okay? Like, and so just having her full support has been super helpful for me and not having that sort of like guilt that you were saying of just being able yeah. to, to go out and run. Right. Yeah. That's amazing that you, you thought of that to even to get her on board first. It's so important. And even when you're not running, you're having to do things for your recovery. Oh my god! You know, the stretching and the hydrating and the meals, you know, making sure you're getting the protein afterward and like all that. Um, and you know, other workouts like strength and mobility, it's yeah. so much time that you really don't think about when I, or I didn't think about anyway, when I signed up. <laughs> no, I was like my first thing when I, when I was like, okay, like coming up with a game plan to talk to her about it wasn't even mm-hmm. the training, like support. It was like, Hey, like, I have to find a fun enough marathon that she'll be willing to stand around for four hours and watch me do. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, so I was like, Oh, Cape Cod's going to be beautiful at the end of the fall. So let's do that. Like that was, yeah. that was my first thing. And I was like, Oh, there's way more to this than just that day. You know what I mean? So right. that was, that was, that was it for me. But so when did you sign up for your first marathon? It was very quickly after you started running in August of 2019 or like how soon was that turnaround? Yeah, it was about a week of me starting running and and being able to run one mile. And I didn't I didn't sign up for that specific marathon at that time. But I remember I announced it on my YouTube, which to me at the time, that was like my big, you know, audience. And um, they were the people that, you know, really followed what I was doing. I would keep up with them you know, I felt like it was my big group of friends. And mm-hmm. I, so for me to say, Hey, I'm committing to run a marathon that kind of set that in gear for me. Yeah. And then I thought about which one do I want to run and everything eventually signed up for the Philadelphia one. Um, but yeah, that was, um, a little too soon. <laughs> I, I love that you were just like, nope, not even a 5k, not even a 10k. Right. Go past that. Like did- you you did not pass go. You did not collect $200. You went right to the marathon. Yeah. Like, I still what? don't know. I still don't know why I did that. I honestly don't. You, like there wasn't a turkey because, okay, August of 2019, was there like a turkey trot that you could have been like, okay, like let's start with the 5k. Check that off. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many fun little runs out here. Right. Yeah. All the turkey trots and the like the holiday theme ones. And we have a a fool's run for April fools. Like there's all these fun things I could have done, but instead I just tortured myself to run this marathon. Yeah. I, 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 cause I've run two halves and I was still going to hold off on doing the full until like probably next year. But Mm -hmm. now, but then I started doing this thousand mile challenge in 2021. That was like my big new year's resolution. Cause I just like fallen in love with running, I guess. And, And then I was like, okay, like the athlete in me is getting too annoyed with like training for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, you're, 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 you're trying to accomplish this goal of a thousand miles, but like at the end of the day, why are you running a thousand miles? You know what I mean? So I got to run it for something. So I just was like, okay, we're doing a marathon. So here we go. Here we, I don't know how it's going to go. We'll see. But one, (laughs) one thing that impressed me was when it, when the Philly marathon did get canceled, Mm -hmm. you didn't, you didn't call it quits. You kept training you, as mm-hmm. if it was still going to happen, or, you know, like it's so you were still going to do it. And then you end up doing it virtually. Yeah. Now I've run a virtual race. I did a virtual half in December of 2020. And thank mm-hmm. God I had my roommate to do that because yeah. I don't know how I would have done that alone. How did you, first of all, still decide like, yep, still going to train. Like, you know, this doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And then what was that sort of process like to do that virtual marathon and not have like the big crowds of a, a Philly, Boston, New York type of marathon? It was, it was rough. Well, the, the decision to keep training was really quick. Like that didn't even take a second thought. I, Mm -hmm. I knew I came this far. I'm not going to just call it quits. Like, because to me that would kind of make all that training I did 
for nothing. Yeah. Um, and I never ran an in-person marathon. So it wasn't, well, sorry, I never ran a marathon period. Right. So to me, it wasn't as important that it was in person. I was really upset that it wouldn't be, but I thought, okay, I've been training to run a marathon distance. So I'm just going to run a marathon distance. And that was the big thing. Um, so I, I did decide to do, um, the charity. I set up the virtual charity and we raised, um, over $13,000 for the women's shelter here. And which, so I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if the marathon wasn't canceled. So in a way it wasn't as fun to run it like that, but we did, you know, get to do a lot of good. And so that was really important, but now, um, or uh, you also asked about what was it like running? Yeah. I guess what are some of the peaks and valleys of that race? And I'm, I'm asking because I'm getting ready for this. Like, I I guess I can lean on you for some of these answers here. (laughs) Right. Yes. The, I went into it with a lot of, I was scared. I I had a lot of self-doubt because I never ran that distance before. Mm -hmm. I did have my coach, like we actually ran it out um, near where she lives. And so I had her expertise that kind of made me feel not like she could run it for me, but I don't know. I felt like if I was worried about something, she could maybe talk me through it. Yeah. Um, it was something that took a lot of time. And that was a lot different than an in-person race is we had to stash our uh, hydration and fuel in the woods at yeah. random spots. And well, you're a pro at that now though. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I have it down. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But for that, I mean, it was a lot of stops, like going into the woods, getting out these bags, yeah. you know, opening you, you don't need, I didn't realize how many steps and how much time that takes, like opening your fuel packet, whereas a, or, you know, opening your drink, whereas in a race they're handed, they're in the road or whatever, right. handing it to you. It's already right. open. Right. Um, and you just keep running. So that was a big difference that I didn't really think about. Um, and the beginning of the the run was okay, even though I was scared because I'm like, I'm already tired and my legs already hurt. And it was mm-hmm. maybe 10 miles in. Oof. So yeah. And then around 13 or 14 miles, my legs were started to get really painful. And I'm just thinking, how the heck am I going to make this? And you know, my coach is like, it's okay. You know, it's just time on our feet. My legs hurt too. And you know, she, she's run marathons. I think she PR'd a marathon while she was pregnant. Like she is a superstar. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Coach Alicia at what runs you, if you're listening. Um, so she, just to know, like her legs were hurting too, even if she was lying, um, made me feel better. And, but toward the end there, it was for me, um, definitely one foot in front of the other. It sounds so cliche, but I was, even if they told me like, it's one more mile, that's it. To me at that moment, that mile seemed so far. Oh my God. I mean, I wanted to cry. Like I yeah. did cry a couple of times. Yeah. I'm fully anticipating that. Yeah. <laughs> I cried happiness when I finished, but I was right. crying like in self-despair <laughs> for mm-hmm. a while. Um, at, like those last five miles. What's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick break from this week's interview to talk a little bit about this month's sponsorship, and that is Good Filling. Now, I always love working with my favorite Boston brands, and Good Filling is definitely one of my new ones. Now, Good Filling is bringing convenience to the zero waste movement. The future isn't necessarily recycling. It's refilling. Now, Good Filling is helping the people of Boston reduce waste by offering high-quality name-brand soaps, lotions, detergents, surface sprays, and more, plus a discounted refill once you are out. They just brought me over an all-purpose spray for cleaning surfaces, some very needed hand sanitizer. I feel like everyone needs a good hand sanitizer in and around wherever they are, whether it's their apartment or their car, what have you, and some good old trusty hand soap. I feel like we run out of hand soap in my apartment all the time. And also, too, it came in this beautiful produce bag that I definitely need to go to the grocery store more often because I need to stop ordering food on the apps. Anyways, the great thing about them is once you get started, you have to go to go visit goodfilling.com. That's G-O-O-D-F-I-L-L-I-N-G.com. 
or the Good Feeling app. Pick out all the things that you want for the cleaning supplies and all the natural home and body products that you need. Once a bottle is empty, all you have to do is swap it out for a discounted refill at one of their 20 different trading post locations around the city of Boston for an easy pickup and drop off type of deal. It's all great quality stuff. I've been trying it out um, this week and I'm so excited to have this partnership here. So again, to learn more about Good Filling, head over to goodfilling.com. That's G-O-O-D-F-I-L-L-I-N-G.com. And now back to the interview. Oh, yeah. Like whenever someone's like, oh, it's just one more mile. I'm like, you don't know how, you don't know what that feels like. Because at, at that point, I'm not thinking about the mile I have left. I'm thinking about like, what about the 14 miles that I did behind me or what, like that has led to this pain and like, what's one, like one more is just going to add to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that seems seems like you'll never make it. No, I no, (laughs) And like, like for me, like where I usually run, where I do my long runs, I like know the points of like where that mile is going to end or where that, like where that finish line is essentially. Yeah. And it just feels like it's like going farther and you're like, yeah, why is this moving? (laughs) You but know? the good, the good thing with you though, you ran, um, the half marathons mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, like that mind game, like toward yeah. the end, you know what yeah. I mean? So you can, you can use that yeah, for, your, we'll see. for your marathon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me, the, like I've been struggling with a little bit of injury. I was supposed wow. to do 14 yesterday and I was doing a seven mile easy run on Saturday. And I feel this like little bit of like a it's not like a cramp but it's just like a a pain in my like left calf so I think it was just like soreness so I just kind of like ran through Mm -hmm. that but then and it it felt it would start to feel fine as the running started to keep or as the run started to progress like yeah I was like okay then it's just like some some like you know I guess like some tightness a little bit to start but then my right hip really started to feel tight and so I I would, I stopped at four miles and I was like, I'm not going to run through the pain. And I like not going to run tomorrow, just mm-hmm. probably going to play it safe. And so we'll see my right now, the farthest I've ever done is 15. And I know yeah. kind of the, the, the magic number for training is 20. And even yeah. then you're still going to have six after that, but I'm not yeah. like, I had a goal of 345, mm-hmm. And I think that was a very lofty goal. My best like half marathon is like 120 something, 127, I think one, 130 something. Anyways, so I was like, okay, if I can do eight thirties for a for a marathon, I, I like, I think I can do that. Yeah. And, and like right now, and I'm, and I'm not giving up on this goal of 345, but I think I just need to put in my mind, like be happy with a finish. Like, yes. cause I don't want to go into this race and be pissed off if I don't get that 345, because at the end of the day, it's still, still finished a marathon. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the mindset that I've changed to. And I, like, mm-hmm. I know the people listening to this podcast are like, oh, he's giving up on his goal. And like, not no. really. Right. But I just right now, like health is important too. And I don't want to like kill myself on this run. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So. And you might still meet that 345 goal. That's the thing. Like you, you really don't know until that day and how your body is on that day. Yeah. And you're going to have a, you know, a taper week before that and everything. Right. So you, you could really surprise yourself, but I do. Yeah. I, I feel like with the marathon, I was, my goal was to finish it. And I'm like, I can always set a time goal the next time. Right. Yeah. I was like, why did I set a time goal? Cause now yeah. if, like, I should have just said like, I'm going to finish it. And then the next marathon, I'd be like, okay, I want to drop five minutes or whatever. It yeah. Is. Like, like be, really... be, compete with yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well now, now, now like this is just the app, like you, I know, you know, this, you should just get like this athlete mindset of just like, I want to have a goal going into every single race, every single training mm-hmm. session. You know what I mean? So that was me being like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not yeah. going to count myself out just yet, but right. we'll, we'll see. But so having now trained for a marathon and completed a marathon on your side, what's maybe the most not talked about thing when it comes to training? And then maybe what's one of the more over-exaggerated points when it comes to training, do you think? Um, Let's see. The most or the not talked about parts. Um, I think I, I would have liked to know that the time, <laughs> like the amount of time that it takes, it's not mm. just your run. It's your stretches beforehand prepping my hydration. Yeah. You're, oh. you're crazy. You got, <laughs> you got the back. Hi. Oh, I'm so bad. I have like one little 10 flask. 
Oh my of, gosh. I would not water. make it. Oof. I would not. I probably, I probably don't, you know, maybe that's why yeah. I'm hurt right now. <laughs> right. That's, and that's the thing. That's what I noticed about myself before I, um, cause I didn't realize that you needed to drink electrolytes. Right. So before that, I was wondering why can't I run any further? Why do my legs feel like cement blocks? Like, right. um, and yeah, I would get the tightness, um, in random places and have to stop and yeah, uh, things like that. And so, and I think people think I overdo the hydration, but I really feel like I just figured out what worked for my body. Yeah. <clears throat> Not everyone sweats buckets like I do. <laughs> right. No, so, I've been sweating way more than I anticipated on. These yeah. Days. So yeah, maybe up your, get, get another little thing that you have, you know, yeah. at least have two. <laughs> yeah, I should. I really should. And it's really bad. I, I mean, like yeah. I, I, on some of my long runs, this is so silly, but I always try to make sure there's like a cafe or like specifically because they're just they're so frequent in this area a starbucks mm -hmm. and i'll run in and, and pay for the four dollar bottle of water but it's oh like, yeah it's worth it because i might not make it through this run if i don't have right it. yeah so yeah that's for me it was the most un, like the most not talked about is is definitely the the fueling during long runs because to mm -hmm. your point and like you have to kind of find an area where you can set up fueling stations, extra hydration, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And like in a city like Boston, that could be a little bit difficult, yeah. but it's like, and that, like, it's just the time that takes to, to do that. But, but maybe what's one of the most over-exaggerated things that people talk about when it comes to marathon training, do you think? Cause I got I, one, but I don't know what you, if you have one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you could go first if you, if yours is on top of your mind. Well, I just think something that's a little bit over-exaggerated is like the, like the, the, I don't want to say like the pain because it's, it's going to hurt, mm -hmm. but what I have just been in, like pretty uh, impressed by is just like, it's, you know, like it's a mental game more than anything. Yes. Right. Like, I don't really think you have to have like the perfect body to run 20 miles mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Like if you did 18, two weeks before, you're just going to put yourself into this kind of mental pretzel if that's where you're stopping your, your mindset, like I can only go 18, you kind of have right. to become uncomfortable with, you know, sorry, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And so for me, it's just like, if people just kind of like push past that, that mental block that you get after, you know, if you've only ever run six miles, like you can definitely run seven. If you've yeah. only run seven, like you can definitely get to 10. So it's just like having the fear to, to move past that, I think is a little bit over over-exaggerated when it comes to marathon training. Yeah, I agree. I I'm, I'm still trying to think of something that's overly talked about. I don't really know. I get, I mean, in my opinion, I would say pace just, but that's yeah. only because pace isn't important to me specifically. I'm sure pace is some people's entire thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't really want to say like, oh, that's talked about too much. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe I talked yeah. about hydration too much. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe, maybe that's it. But I think also like another underrated thing that I didn't really, that I haven't really, uh, focused a lot on is stretching after every run. Now I think stretching is super important after long runs and, and you know, speed work or whatever, but yeah. even after if like, if your training schedule says like a four mile easy run it's probably saying like four miles easy and then stretch a lot because you're probably in pain from the day before. And like, I think yeah. I started to take that for granted. I was like, Oh, like no worries. It's a Wednesday four easy miles and I can get back to work. And like getting back to work for me is sitting in an office chair for another five hours. So it's like, Oh, and then you tighten up. Probably not a good, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's like the most underrated thing that I think I've taken for granted in all this. Yeah. That's, that's such a good thing to bring up. There's a lot of people in my comment section, like I, or, you know, with, with shin splints, but also, um, you know, muscle soreness or injury or things like that. And I'm like, Oh, when do you stretch? And they're like, I don't, oh. I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh, God. oh man. Yeah. It's the, it's the pre-run stretch. Like, and that you want to be a little bit more like mobility stretching, like, yeah. like active stretching rather than like, um, stagnant. Yes. But then after the race, you want to like, really just kind of like get into your hip flexors, your calves, yeah, your quads, all stay that Stay there stuff. for a while. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, I used so, to do like 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, I, it, they, you know, now I realize that's, you're just starting to stretch right. at that point. Yeah. It's like 30 <laughs> seconds to a minute minimum. Yeah. Right now. 
but yeah, I, it, 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 and it's going to hurt. Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. the stretching always feels great. It sometimes is a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> but good, but good pain, but good pain. Yeah. Hurts <laughs> so good. Exactly. <laughs> so, and one of the things that it's kind of talked about when it comes to marathons is the, the post-race blues after you finish a race. Did you kind of experience that after your first marathon? And like, after all the training that you went through, did you experience any sort of like post-race blues after finishing that, that first virtual? You know, now that you brought that up, I, I kind of want to change my answer to before mm-hmm. from before about something that's not talked about. Nobody told me about post-race blues. Not one person. Not even your coach? I don't think so. Oh, we're, we're going to put her on blast for that. One. No, <laughs> I, I, I really like afterward, I think I was struggling a little and she's like, oh, that's normal. You know, that's did she talked me through it. But yeah. I'm and and I don't want to say she didn't tell me because there's so much information that she throws at me. Sure. And I'm not the best at paying attention. Um, so <laughs> she could have mentioned it. And I would I probably just was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. Like I, I survived postpartum three times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I, and I also just thought I would be so elated after finishing, like, okay, I'm done, right. you know, spending hours a day running. I can just take a little break and, um, enjoy life. And so when I start, when I started to feel really down, I didn't realize I was about the race. And I was like, I think I need to go to the doctor. Like I'm <laughs> wow, something's yeah. not right. Um, Cause I usually get seasonal depression and stuff like that, but that starts like now, September, <laughs> I start <laughs> yeah. to feel down. Like right. I know winter's coming. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that was like a different, that was like deeper even. And I'm Oof. like, wait, I thought I'd feel the opposite. So yeah, I, I didn't realize that happened. Yeah. I'm going to have to get ready for that. I think. Yeah, I think for me, it'll be good because I get I get excited around the holidays. So in mm. the, the, the marathons on Halloween, so we'll kind of like lead oh, right nice. into Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I'll be like, OK, that'll be good. But I think there's still going to be that side of me because like, you know, athlete Jared doesn't give a crap about <laughs> about the holidays. So yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> like the, the kind of the athlete mindset of me is going to be like, dude, you got to do something else other than like sit around on the couch after this marathon. So we'll, we'll see. I, I can't yeah. talk about it now because I don't know what to expect, but I do know that that's a def- that's definitely an aspect of marathons that yeah. people probably don't talk about enough. Right. I think for sure I'm going to plan ahead this time, even though I'm yeah. not running, it's the 18 miles. I'm not running a full marathon, but it's just the buildup of this race that I've been working toward. Right. And I think I'm going to just put a plan in place because that's what keeps me going and just be like, okay, at least Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at least go for a walk, like a long yeah. walk, maybe yeah. something that tr- like trying to get my steps in or something, but not just like, okay, you're done. You can just lay around. I right. think that made things worse too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So in, in this whole journey, you've gotten some pretty big na- uh, national recognition from brands and other influencers themselves, you know, other runners, right? Like, mm-hmm. did you kind of anticipate all of what's this happened? Like all of this that is happening with, with the sponsorships, with liquid IV, with, you know, all this type of stuff. Like what, what has that kind of been like for you just coming from a small town in Pennsylvania, being a, a right. mother runner, like, is this like, is this kind of like uncharted territory for you? Completely. And yeah. to be honest, it's been a whirlwind because since that first um, brand deal last year, it's been, I thought, oh, this is one and done that yeah. this random, you know, company wanted to work with me. That's really cool. Um, I'm keeping my job though. So, <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Right. But it's, uh, so, and I also have really bad imposter syndrome. Like even now I don't, it's like people can tell me why they follow me and a company can tell me why they value my content, Sure, but it's in one ear out the other. I still yeah. don't, I still don't understand it. I don't feel like I deserve it a lot, but, um, and then most recently the New York times, um, I just, so I, I was telling Dan, like, get the paper. I don't even know where to buy it. In, <laughs> like, in, you know, so, in real life. station's a good, a good bait, a good bet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, but that to me, I'm like the New York times, what mm-hmm. in the world, like in what world is this happening right now? So it's all, it's, it's completely mind blowing to me. And when I, especially when I started this, never expected to have a job out of it because when you look at TikTok and, and YouTube and Instagram, 
there these people are so established on there yeah. like who am i to grow an audience there it it just i didn't think there was any option like that but i but i think too like you are established and this didn't happen overnight like you did take those first few years of creating content to at least mm-hmm. like you i mean you know how to do uh, youtube way better than i do so i mean yeah. it's just like I think just like this, it took a longer time than maybe you think like someone that has had millions upon millions of followers feels like they just kind of like flipped the switch and they were good to go. But I think too, like this did take time. This didn't happen overnight. So I think to your credit, I, I, I think the building all the content has definitely helped in, in your benefit for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, the videos that I was posting on YouTube, especially at first, you know, I was to send to my friends and like my mom. Right. Um, And then, you know, I got like a couple hundred followers or or subscribers. And then it was just fun to like, you know, talk to them in the comment section and Hey guys, but you're, I think you're right in that it got me like even more comfortable in front of a camera, which Mm -hmm. is super important, you know, in terms of engaging an audience. Um, but yeah, that was the fact that I was doing that for fun and that, and you can like make money from that. Right. Just, it wasn't an option for someone like my age and everything. I, I don't know why I thought that, but cause that's inter- not the truth. Right. That's very interesting too. And I think like, you know, is TikTok, is there, is there an age that's you're, you're too old for TikTok or is there an age that there's, you're too old for YouTube. And I think that barrier is definitely breaking. I yeah. think like, I mean, at least on my, for you page, it's been a lot of like older people and like you've seen like people like they, they're bringing tiktoks into senior living homes and i absolutely love that that's hilarious yeah. so like i don't think there is anymore because i think you, the older generations are becoming more apt to even just following people on social media yeah. they may not post it but they'll mm-hmm. like that content so they're going to want to see more of it so then someone's got to make that content so i think to your point like that barrier of am I too old for this type of stuff? Or is this even for me? It's kind of breaking for sure. Right. I, I agree. I mean, I just followed an account on TikTok called, I think, um, the gay grandpas. Yes. They're hilarious. Yeah. They are and so funny. So you look at that. It's like, oh my gosh, they are stars. <laughs> they are. They, they are. They, when I, oh, I saw one that like Rihanna followed them on TikTok. That might've uh-huh. been the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just yeah. their reactions to Rihanna following them right. cracks me up. <laughs> I, I love them. And and there's so many other accounts like that. So I, I just feel silly that when I started posting, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm this old lady. These kids are going to rip me apart. Yeah. Um, you know, they're ruthless. I mean, I feel like I'm going to get ripped apart sometimes in the content that I post. So believe me, it's not just you. Yeah. <laughs> but so is there one, maybe even like, uh celebrity or maybe runner that you would love to run with collab with that you know maybe that this opportunity has kind of opened that door to well I was always ever since I started running one of the first running videos I watched was on the hella good channel yes yeah and uh, so I was started following him I just thought you know he's not this like Olympic athlete he just started running and he goes every day you know Mm he um and because he wants to, I think that yeah. was like the difference is yeah. he's running because he wants to. And I valued that. So, um, I actually got the opportunity to run with him when he was running across the country. Oh my and goodness. He happened to be, I like, I looked at his route and I'm like, wait a second. The more I zoomed in, I'm like, that is down the road from our house, wow. this like old main road that he was going to be on. And yeah, so I got to run a few miles with him and it was super inspiring. Um, yeah, so I would, I would love to run with him again though. And like, you know, make more content when he's not running across the country with a, right. an injured Achilles and, oh you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nope, nope. But yeah, I saw him comment on your Instagram a while back and I replied to that because yeah. I was like, this is the collab we need to see because yes. he's, in, he's incredible. His story is insane. He's been running since like every, for every day since like March of 2017. Yeah. Like, this just blows my mind. And then, you know, him running across the country and we've had, we've had cross country runners on the show mm-hmm. too. And it, like, I just, the elements that you have to take into account. It's not yeah. just like, it's not going to be sunshine and 75 the whole, whole way. So right, it's right. Ins- that, that whole story is insane in and of itself. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So I want to finish up the show with a would you rather game that we've done with a bunch of runners. Uh, we've had the, uh, several on these show and I'm excited to hear your answers for this. So okay. it's, it's like rapid fire. But again, this is a podcast. So you don't have to necessarily rapid fire. If you have to think about it, by all means, please think about it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So would you rather run on an empty stomach or with a full bladder? I think this is I've asked this one. I think it's super easy for me, at least. I don't know. What full bladder. Ever... Wow. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd much rather on run on an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot I... run on an empty stomach. No really? way. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I don't want anything in my system when I run because oh. I get nervous. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. So well, then okay. you just go to the bathroom. <laughs> but some sometimes in some of the routes, there's not always an accessible oh. bathroom. You, yeah, you, yeah, Starbucks, you go to Starbucks. Right, but there's not always a start. Like there's one path that is on, it's like the Minuteman bike path that goes from Lexington, Massachusetts, all the way down to, to Somerville. And like it, they have like porta potties along the way. And I'm like, oh yeah. God, you know, like you, you have to do what you have to do, but I'm like, oh geez. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone in like Long Beach Island. There's no, you know, cornfields or anything right, or trees. Right. So I go to like the, the houses under construction and I use the porta potties. Love I have that. no shame. No shame. I love yeah. that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting that answer. So thank you for changing up a little bit. <laughs> Would you rather run a hilly 5k or a flat marathon? Hilly 5k. Is it the distance or is it like you don't mind the hills? Um, it's just the time it's, yeah. it would take less time. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. I like, I, honestly, in having lived in Boston, I'm more of the flat marathon type. I can't stand Hills. It's just so flat here and it's amazing. And yeah, I know one day that I'm going to go do a marathon that's way more hilly and it's going to be pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing is you can't, there's not one flat section here, No, maybe for a 10th of a mile, right. but you're on a hill at, after that. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. No thanks. no thanks. All right. Would you, <laughs> would you, I think I know this one. Run without music or run without a GPS watch. Oh, what? You kind of broke up. Run. Oh, sorry. Would you rather run without music or run without a GPS watch? Oh, run without a watch. I, I thought you don't listen to music when you run. I, oh, that changed. Okay. When I, oh, so it was yeah. an older video. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so when I started wearing Aftershocks, uh, so what happened was before um, I had those, I would put regular headphones in yeah. and I, I sweat so much and everything. I ruined so many of them and they would hurt yeah. my ears. And I'm like, you know what? This is not worth it to <laughs> have this pain in my ears and run. But once well, I started wearing aftershocks, shocks, they're sweat proof and they don't go in your ear. Right. They, yeah. Um, yeah. So that changed. And, and now I cannot if I have to run without them, I get like, I throw a hissy fit. I don't want to do it. <laughs> They're not yeah. charged. You're like, oh, we're not, we're not running then. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm putting this off a half hour so I can charge them. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't run. Uh, I haven't run with a GPS watch. My girlfriend actually just got it for me for my birthday this past weekend. So oh, nice. I'm going to start doing that. Um, mm -hmm. But I used to run with the Apple watch. And now I use the Nike running app. So I just use that to track my mileage. So I was just yeah. like, oh, like I don't really need the watch. And for me too, like I, I have to run with music. I've heard that it's like therapeutic to run without music sometimes. But mm -hmm. for me, I just get super bored. I don't know. Like I, I do love kind of like wandering off and just kind of like being in the moment, but I still yeah. like need something to like keep me going, I think. Yeah, I feel like the beat of it, it like the tempo, I, yeah. it helps me like keep my speed. Um, and it distracts me from how tired I might feel. Cause I yeah. feel like if, if I'm in my head, my head's going to tell my legs, like you are so tired right now. Yeah. Oh man. But if I have music playing, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, it kind I of agree. escapes I ran, that. Yeah. I ran without it for so long and, and I, it was therapeutic and you hear like the sounds around you, but now I'm, yeah, I need music or podcasts or something. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. Would you, all right. Would you rather run the New York City Marathon or the Boston Marathon? Oh, well, I wouldn't be able to run. Don't you have to like qualify? Well, let's just say like if you because you for the Boston one, I think the New York one's the same. But I just know from Boston, like they have you can you can like sponsor a charity and they give you a bid if like oh. you raise oh. X amount of dollars or something okay. like that. The qualifying time is absolutely insane. Like for my age group, for males, I think it's like under 35. So it's 18 to 35. Or it might be 18 to 25. I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. it's under three hours. 
Oh my gosh. And that's just the qualifying time. That doesn't guarantee you a spot. So it's like, if they take, if they take like, you know, X amount of 23 year olds or whatever that have qualified like 245, then just because you qualified doesn't mean, yeah, it's insane. So I'm just saying from a hypothetical, would you rather run the Boston or the New York city marathon? I think New York city. Really? Yeah. But I, you're going to piss off a lot of our Boston listeners. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I might be biased because I'm, I'm looking at more of like the scenery. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not that familiar with Boston. So maybe I changed my mind. If yeah, I... It's just, it's just the biggest marathon in the country. That's not a big deal. It's fine. <laughs> no, it, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm here thinking like, Oh, would it be prettier to run, you in know, looking at those buildings? <laughs> <laughs> but so the, um, actually right when we were going to, we're going to air this, the Boston marathon is in October this year. Um, mm-hmm. it's on o- Monday, October 11th. So that's going to be different. It's usually the, and I'm totally going to, I think it's the first Monday of April every year, but obviously with COVID, they've had to move it around a lot. So yeah, it'll be interesting. The whole city of Boston kind of like shuts down that day. Like like BU, BC, Northeastern, those schools, they don't even have classes that day because like the whole, like you can't get around. So, all right. And the last, would you rather, would you rather run in the freezing cold, like 10 degrees or where it's like 88 degrees with like a hundred percent humidity? Oh, 10 degrees. Yep. Definitely. Same. Yeah. I we cannot had, run in the heat. It's, it's, it's almost, brutal. I can't. Yeah. We had Lydia Keating on the show. She's another, uh, you know, running TikToker. We had the same argument. I think you look at 10 degrees as like very intimidating and like, am I going to freeze my arms off, or, you know, or freeze mm-hmm. my legs off. But if you're wearing like, I always say just gloves and a, something to cover your ears and something to cover your hands. Yes. You're yeah. pretty good. You're already. Yeah. Cause game. you heat up so fast. Yeah. So for me, and you can't cool down when you're running. So right. it's more so I'd rather just wear a bunch of layers and start taking off layers than yeah. I, I can't run nude. So yeah, right. that kind of, that kind of cancels that out. So yeah, I totally agree. And the humidity out here on the East coast is unlike anything else. So I mean, yeah. I'd rather, I'd honestly rather run in 110 degrees out in Palm Springs, California than, mm-hmm. you know, something like 80 degrees in Boston and like 90% humidity. It's absolutely right. ridiculous. It's yeah. crazy here. Can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have one final question for you that we ask all of our guests and I'm excited to hear your answer here. If you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Um, I think it would just be, uh, I want to incorporate like, <laughs> something about, you know, like mess turned marathon or my messy life turned to marathon or something like that uh, from messy life to marathon. But Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I just don't have, uh, I think before running um, my life uh, on the outside was like really great, I guess, mm. or, you know, just normal. Yeah. Um, but I think how my brain was, it just was like all over the place every day. I was just trying to get through it and survive. Um, and now it's like, once I incorporated running at, for that mental health aspect, it's like night and day. Um, and just to show that, you know, people can think really lowly of themselves and not even be able to run a mile and they can get to a marathon. Absolutely. I love that. That was, that was a wonderful title. That was great. Well, Mrs. Space Cadet, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute honor to get to chat with you and hear a little bit more about your story. I wish you all the best on Long Beach Island for your 18 miler. I know you can do it. I know you're going to finish and uh, we will definitely keep in touch. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm excited to hear about your marathon as well. (laughs) Will do. All right. We'll stay in touch. So a big, big thank you to Aaron Azar, or better known as Mrs. Space Cadet, for coming on this week's show and sharing more about her journey and her story. I do want to give a couple updates on Mrs. Space Cadet since our interview. She did run the Long Beach Island 18-miler, and she did finish in the time allowed, so she crossed the finish line before they they uh, picked it up. So big congratulations to her. All the while, that race has now seemed to just be a precursor for something even bigger. 
Aaron, uh, in the interview, did say that she would have rather ran the New York City Marathon over the Boston Marathon. And we'll allow that answer for the time being, because as it stands today, Mrs. Space Cadet will be running the New York City Marathon. We are so excited to see Aaron do this because not only is she running it, but she's also running it on behalf of the Team Fox organization who is raising awareness for Parkinson's disease. And Aaron herself has raised over $41,000 to commit to the Team Fox organization, all looking to cure Parkinson's. So an absolutely incredible, incredible contribution. Uh, So congratulations to Aaron and the Team Fox team. Super excited to see her run the New York City Marathon. I'm going to leave links to all things Aaron's social media. You can find her on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. I also will leave links if you want to donate to her New York City Marathon fundraiser. It'll all be in the description of this week's podcast. That does it for this week's show. Again, I'm back. I I greatly appreciate you guys being so um, flexible and patient with me as I've been going through some crazy things and trying to uh, comprehend everything that's going on. We are back with weekly episodes. We still have the incredible merge. You can go check it out, clicking the link in our bio. Go follow us on Instagram at NormalGuyLazyEye. This podcast could not be possible without all of your guys' support. So thank you guys so, so much. And I will see you all next week.